Nou, we beginnen altijd met een sigaret. Dit is de rookafdeling. Hier mag je gewoon binnen roken. Lawaai maken, slikken, drinken. Spuiten en slikken. Alles toegestaan. Het nadeel is natuurlijk dat we maar tot tien uur geluid mogen maken. Hard geluid. Een recht schönen guten Abend, meine Damen und Herren. Ich begrüße Sie recht herzlich zu unserem heutigen Fernsehprogramm und wünsche Ihnen einen recht guten Abend. Oh, oh, oh. 
jetzt. Es war schon immer jetzt und es wird immer jetzt sein. Immer mit Jesus, immer in der Gegenwart. Jesus, our Lord. In the name, im Namen des Vaters, des Sohnes und des Heiligen Geistes. Im Namen des Vaters, des Sohnes und des Heiligen Geistes. Und ihr bietet ihn auch nie. Und das Vater ist der Sohn des Sohnes und des Heiligen Geistes. Unser Vater, der du bist im Himmel. Adventure serial in time and space by James Follett. Long, long ago, the crew of the starship Challenger, Telson, Shana, Darv, and Astra, abandoned their search for their home Earth, the birthplace of their grandparents, and settled on the third planet of a solar system on the fringe of the galaxy. Leaving Angel 1 and Angel 2, the Challenger's control computers, to continue to search for Earth in the unmanned starship. The new planet, the Forkall Paradise, is not the Earth they used to study on the videos and holograms in the Challenger's vast library, but after nearly four years, they have learned to accept its differences. It has become home. Earth Search 2, Part 1, Return. There's nothing to worry about. Is it oh, come on. a fine boy? Oh, let me see him. Oh, just lie still. Please lie still, Shana. Yes. Is he all right? He's fine. Then why can't I? Please see keep him? still, Shana, just for a few I more moments. I want to see him. I want to hold my baby. You will in a minute, I promise. Maybe if you held him upside down, it would get rid of that fluid that's coming out of his mouth. Yes. Just look at the dreadful mess oh. you people have made in here. It will take me hours. Tidy up. Out. Oh, get out, you stupid android. Out. It's time for me to tidy, Commander. Out. Only following your instruction program, Commander. How you humans can put up with such horror. Oh, it's no good, is it? Beyond. It's this planet. Oh, don't be silly, Telson. Well, you lost one of your triplets. An umbilical cord problem. Nothing to do with this planet. And Shana had no troubles with Bran. Why isn't he crying? I want to see him. When Astra's bathed him. He's my baby. I want to see him. I want to hold him. In a minute, Shana. Now? Shana. See him now. Oh, Don't back. try pushing me back. No. Astra, let her sit up. Show him to me. We did all we could, Shana. Oh. I want to hold him. Just for a minute. You crazy chimp, Charlie. How can I fix George's manipulator if you keep jumping on me? Go on, off, off. <laughs> okay, George, try it now. Manipulator still useless. It's just stiff, George. Humans useless at repairing androids. 
Sorry, George, we're not on the Challenger now, so you'll just have to put up with me. Oh, Telson's coming. You'd better get on with your planting. No good expecting miracles from androids. Hello, George. Humans useless. What's the matter with him? Nothing that new manipulator bearings won't cure. Huh. If we were to cannibalise this shuttle for space... No, could... Darv, no. I don't mind you using this freight bay as a repair workshop, provided you get tidy to clear up after you. But I want the shuttle kept in first-class working order. Yeah, and you also want George and Tidy kept in first-class working order. I need spares, Telson. Yes, Darth. <sighs> no good expecting miracles from humans. <laughs> so I can cannibalise the shuttle? No. Oh, but we'll never need it again. Look at the size of this freight bay. It's vast. The four of us could live here in comfort instead of the huts. Look, we've had this argument a hundred times, Darb. The answer is still No. I brought this freight shuttle down in one piece from the Challenger and our androids, and I intend to keep it in working order. And that means keeping those wretched animals out. Oh, you're the boss, but there's not much point. There's only enough fuel in its tanks for six climbs into paradise orbit. What do you think's going to happen? That some alien spacecraft is going to call by? We've survived four years here. Why can't you and Sharma accept that this is our home now? This planet is not Earth, Darth. Or maybe the Earth we saw in the videos and holograms on the Challenger didn't have a crater-scarred moon. Maybe its surface wasn't seven-tenths covered in water. Maybe it wasn't a third planet of its sun. But what was so magical about it? It was somewhere our grandparents were born that they called Earth. Just a name. Well, this is Earth for us now. You're right, of course, Darth. Earth doesn't matter. What matters is people. Well, don't you ever long to see the people of Earth, our kind? <laughs> oh, yes. There'll be plenty of new faces when we're grandparents. <laughs> we may even become great-grandparents. Don't be too sure. Well, what's that supposed to mean? Shana can't have any more children. Is she certain? Well, I suppose so. I didn't ask her to go into details. Well, why not? Astra and I discuss everything. We have an agreement. No secrets. Well, one doesn't pry. <laughs> <laughs> what? You'll never change, Telson. Isn't it too early for Shana to tell? It's only, what, three months since she lost... She says she's certain. I'm sorry. I know how you both wanted a brother or sister for Bran. Uh, your Elka and Sabna are nearly four years old now. Hmm, so? Well, why is it that Astra hasn't had any more children? She's had nearly four years to get over the shock of losing one of the triplets. Oh, can you imagine three with all the trouble we're having with the twins? Hmm. Little devils, a pair of them. Anyway, there's plenty of time. Is there, Darb? Three children between the four of us, and only one of them a girl? Oh, you're just looking for problems. Have you ever asked yourself what sort of future our children have on this planet? Their inheritance is this planet. A beautiful world for them to do with as they please. Well, that's a better start than the four of us had. Being brought up as orphans on a starship like the Challenger by a couple of megalomaniac computers like Angel 1 and 2. Why do you always have to paint such bleak pictures? Oh, I never liked the idea of living on this planet... Shana's always tried to make the best of it. But since she lost her baby, her feelings have changed. Now she hates it here. Dove. Hmm? Come to bed. In a minute. You must get some sleep. What are you doing? Thinking? Tell me. Oh. Maxina must have had her cubs by now. I was wondering if she'll bring them to us. She always does. Anyway, you weren't thinking about that lioness, were you? No. Hmm. Something's upsetting Charlie. It's all right, Charlie. There's nothing out there. So what were you thinking about? No secrets, remember? Telson told me today that Shana doesn't think she can have any more children. I know. She talked to me about it. I told her that she'd be all right when she got over the shock of losing her baby. What did she say? Well, that she had got over it. But she hasn't. Well, she seems okay now. It was three months ago. I know, Shana. She keeps her feelings to herself. Telson's not very understanding, so I don't suppose he's much help. Anyway... Maybe it'll be better if she doesn't have any more if they're going to be like Bran. Well, what's that supposed to mean? That boy's a sadistic little monster. Oh, but he's only just three. Listen a minute. What's the matter? Just listen. 
listen. I can't hear anything. I thought I heard something moving on the beach. It's gone now. I was probably tidy at work. <laughs> that crazy android even hates us making fresh footprints in the sand. But he never works at night. You were going to say something about Bran. That newly hatched chick he killed last month wasn't an accident. He killed it deliberately. Oh, you're just I being... saw him do it, Dove. He didn't tread on it. He stamped on it. Alka was nearby and she was horrified. But he was so upset afterwards. He was crying. Oh, he's clever. He turned on those tears as soon as he realised I'd seen him. Did you tell Shana? What would be the point? I didn't want to add to her worries. Oh, all kids are monsters. Elka or Savin would never do anything like that. Well, can you blame them? With you telling them that Angel One will get them unless they're good. <laughs> you shouldn't frighten them with those stories. They enjoy them. And besides, it's important that they're told about the angels. Just in case. We ought to have more children, Astra. Not until the twins are older. Two are enough to look after. Come on, let's go to bed. I can remember my nursery android on the Challenger telling me stories. <laughs> oh, it all seems so unreal now. The Challenger. Like another lifetime. Astra, do you think we did the right thing coming here? I'd better douse the light off in case it wakes the children. Let me snuggle up to you. Mm, that's nice. Sometimes when the roof of this hut is leaking during a downpour, when the fire won't burn properly because the wood's too wet, that's when I think back to my warm, comfortable cabin on the Challenger. And then when the sun's shining and Elka and Savin are playing at the water's edge, building sand castles, laughing... That's when I think what might have happened to them if Angel 1 and 2 had had them under their control on the Challenger. We did the right thing, Darth. There was nothing else we could do. Except for one thing. What's that? If it had been us that had discovered the computer's central switching room and not Shana and Telson, then I wouldn't have hesitated in destroying Angel 1 and 2, no matter how much they begged me to spare them. Well, what does it matter? After four years, the Challenger and Angel 1 and 2 must be billions of miles away. I hope so. They're busy looking for the real Earth. They want a developed planet to conquer. <laughs> I don't suppose they even think about us now. I hope you're right, Dove. Bran! Will you please stop throwing sand at Elka and Savin? in your arguments, you'll just stop it at once when I say... Don't worry, Shana. Tiger's got to wash their hair Ooh. tonight. There's a vicious streak in that boy. Well, he didn't get it from me. <laughs> that was an excellent breakfast, Tidy. You can clear up now. You had fruit juice on the sand. Oh, dear. How do you expect me to clean it up? It's no good burying it. I'll still know it's there. <laughs> you know, Telson, Shana... You brought the largest freight shuttle of all down from the Challenger, and you could have filled it with a dozen service androids that would have been ten times as willing as Tidy. But not as versatile, Dove. Right, the morning briefing. Yeah. Now, today's date is year three, day 310. Astra, you're falling behind in your jobs. I checked the calendar trees first thing this morning. The last notch was cut four days ago. Oh. Telson, why don't we use the shuttle's chronometers? They use energy. We keep all the shuttle's power supplies intact. All we need is a simple record of the number of days that pass. Oh, Dove, go and speak to Savin. He's going out too far again. Oh, he's all right. He's turning into a strong little swimmer. Yes, Be but... fair, Astra. You've got to allow the lad some freedom. But he's not four yet. Can we go on, please? Sorry, Telson. What were you saying? The calendar trees. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. We must keep them up to date. We don't want to get into a mess with the crop zone program. Right. Morning reports, anyone? Uh, yes. The new salt flat um, George excavated, it isn't large enough. It's producing just enough salt each day to fill a size one bowl. And we, we'll need twice that for salting vegetables for the dry season. OK, as soon as George has finished the fence to keep the animals out of field too, we'll instruct him to cut a larger pan. How much larger? Uh, an extra 300 square yards, shall we say? We ought to excavate it ourselves. Well, what for when we've got George? 
That's why Shan and I brought him with us. Because it's time we stopped depending on the androids, Telson. They won't last forever. How can we hope to teach our children to manage without them if we don't know ourselves? That's right. I don't know how you can expect me to carry on much longer with this manipulator joint. What we cleaning up after all these filthy animals and the sand and dirt getting everywhere. Tidy, will you please be quiet? Well, it's all right for you, Commander. Sand doesn't get into your bearings. It's playing havoc with mine. Look at that manipulator joint. Well, I ask you. And you're all forever trading sand into the huts, ruining my nice, clean mats. I really don't know why I bother to weave them. They make such a mess when they unravel. Go away before I turn you into a mess. Sorry I spoke, I'm sure. No pleasing some humans. You're right, Darv. Maybe we should have left him on the Challenger. No, he makes good clothes. And he can cook. He's right about his joint. The main bearing's badly worn. If I removed one of the electric motors from the shuttle's hydraulic systems, I could rig up some sort of lathe and make him a new bearing. N-O. In that case, we'll have to close down Tidy and George and learn to live without Oh, them. you're just being idiotic, as usual. Look, Sean. The longer we leave it, the harder we're making it for ourselves when the androids pack up for good. They were designed to operate in the conditions aboard the Challenger, not under the conditions we get here. George is an agricultural unit, Dove. He works satisfactorily in Challenger's farm galleries. Yes, but you didn't get 30 days of continuous rain in the farm galleries. Last wet season, George was working in mud up to the tops of his tracks when he was clearing field two. Life's uncomfortable enough here on this planet without you wanting to make it more so. We could never plough fields or dig irrigation trenches or do any of the 101 jobs the androids do. We've never tried, Telson. What is crazy is the three of you refusing to eat meat when we're surrounded by it. Well, if we ate these animals instead of keeping them as pets, we wouldn't have to grow so much food. We wouldn't be so dependent on the androids. We tried a meat diet when we first arrived. I can't bear the thought of trying it again. Me (laughs) neither. Well, I suppose we could have another attempt at a fish diet. Oh, no. What? And risk Shana being seriously ill again? What? What's What's that? Oh, no! He's gone under. Come on. Dove, it's no good. We've been in the water for hours. Oh, gotta keep trying. Sabin, Sabin. Dove. No good. Come on. How am I going to tell Astra? How are they? Astra finally went to sleep an hour ago. Darv won't be able to keep his eyes open for much longer. I thought she'd never stop crying. (gasps) It won't do her any harm. Sometimes I wish I could. This has been the longest day of my life. Yes. I'd uh, better check the beach again. Oh, no, Telson. Hmm? Oh, we can do it first, like. Well, if anything is washed up, I don't want them finding... We'll be up before them. Did you finally get anything out of Bran? Shana, you may think I'm crazy, but I don't think he was in a state of shock. Hmm? Of course he was. Something like that happens right under his nose. What else can you expect? It's just that I have this feeling that he only decided to talk about it when he was certain that we weren't blaming him. And even then he had to make up one of his stories. He said that Savin suddenly grew a new head. What? He said that Savin grew a new head and then what sounded like a steel claw went round his waist and pulled him underwater. Oh, that's all? Well, then he wanted to know if Angel One had snatched Savin. Poor Bran. What's that supposed to mean? Well, it's obvious, isn't it? I mean, he's definitely in a state of shock. Why else would he make up such an incredible story? You've got to face it, Chana. Bran doesn't have to be in a state of shock to invent stories. There's a full moon, so we won't need a lamp. Let's check the beach. Well, I thought you... No, it'll give me a chance to think. It's nothing. Just a heap of driftwood. Look, we'll check around these rocks, then go to the headland while it's still low water. Telson, listen. What? There's something on the other side of the rocks, listen. 
Here, back against the rocker. Don't make a sound. Tidy. You two have made footprints all over my beach. Oh. I really don't know why I bother sometimes. Tidy, what are you doing? Sweeping up. What does it look like? At this time. Your orders, Commander. Oh. Keep the place tidy. I had to work all hours if I were to keep on top of everything. Tidy. Though I've given up with the jungle. You can't keep a jungle tidy, but with things growing all the time. But you've never worked at night before, without specific programming. I've never had an android tramping all over my beach at night before. George doesn't work on this beach. Track marks up and down the beach every night. It just doesn't care. What android? The one that makes all the track marks. Oh, give me patience. Tidy, how long has this been going on? Three nights. Where do the marks come from? The water. And they go where? About 50 yards up the beach to just over there. In sight of our huts, but well below the high water mark, and always at the same time? I think so. It's no good you going on at me. I'm doing my best. I can't help it if a stupid No one's going on at you, Tidy. Look, why bother anyway? At this time of the month, the tide would have wiped out the tracks before dawn, so we would never have known about them. I would have known about them. And it's getting worse. What? Tonight they went right up to the tree line. It's a wonder I've not worn out my brush attachment. Where? Point. There. We'll need a lamp. Nelson. Yes? Over here. Hold the lamp up. Is he... Yes. Oh. What's that thing pulled over his head? It's a hood. <sighs> Some sort of breathing mask. Oh. Yes. But it's on back to front. Oh, poor little mite. The, the, those marks around his waist... No fish could do that. It's as if they were caused by... Oh, no, it's too crazy. An android's manipulator? Yes. So Bran was telling the truth. Mm. Oh, what do we tell Astra and Darv? I don't know. What I do know is that someone or something tried to kidnap Savin and killed him in the attempt. We are not as alone on this planet as we thought. Well, I hope I didn't leave too much out. It was as near to the recordings of burials in the Challenger's library as I can remember. You did very well, Telson. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. From now on, we never let Bran and Elka out of our sight. I'll work out a rotor so that one of us is always watching them. Whoever it is wears a plasma discharge weapon all the time. Agreed? Yes, Yes, agreed. of course. Astra? We've got to do more than that. We've got to find and destroy the creatures that killed my son. You'd better tell her, Darv. Telson and I are taking the shuttle up this afternoon on an aerial survey of the entire area. If we find anything, we'll destroy them, I promise. No, Darv, I don't want you to leave me. Not so no, soon. Listen, there's no cloud today, my love. We'll only be gone three hours and we'll leave you and Shana a mobility suit radio to keep in touch. High gravity booster. On. All checks complete. All systems okay. The inertial's loaded for hovering at 3,000 feet above Landmark Hill. Now you can see I was right to keep the shuttle in working order, Dove. Ready? Ready. Zero. Three thousand. Top of climb, hover loaded and locked. I'll sweep for infrared anomalies and you sweep on radar and optics. Ah, 
I only wish I was in the mood to appreciate the view. Infrared looks clear on short range. And clear on medium range. Anything? Nothing. Okay. We'll take her up to 6,000. Radar contact. Something above the horizon. What? Bearing 019, elevation 35. Lock the telescope onto it. Got it. Wow. A spacecraft. A big lad, too. Oh. Length uh, 16,000 yards. That's uh, eight miles. A bit smaller than the Challenger. Looks like she's in orbit. Uh, yeah, she is. Height, uh, 800 miles. Try the telescope on maximum resolution. Ah, useless. Too much atmospheric aberration. We'll have to go into space to get a proper look at it. Mm. Oh, come on, Telson. Surely you're not going to start raising objections. Shuttle to base. Initials loaded for new course. We've found something, so we're going to investigate. It means going into space, and we'll be below the radio horizon for approximately three hours. What is it? We don't know yet. We'll call you in about three hours. Out. That saves a lot of argument. Okay, Darv, load the navigation inertials for an intercept with that thing. They're loaded. So what are we waiting for? Range five four zero miles. Convergent rate one zero zero miles per hour. What do you think? Oh, she looks new. Those particle sweeps haven't seen much service. Yes, which means that she can't be far from her home planet. Hello, spacecraft. Are you reading me? Hello, spacecraft. Are you receiving me? Odd. They're not keeping a listening watch. Or she's listening, but not answering. She's not using radar, either. There's nothing on the radiation monitors. So what do we do? Well, we can't make out much detail at this range, so we might as well wait until we're closer. Do you think we should? It's not like you to counsel caution. Look, she might not be talking to us, because they may have decided that they can't stand the sight of us. And if she's that new, maybe they're itching for a chance to try out their armament. <laughs> well, we'll try calling her up in two hours when we're within 300 miles of her. Are you receiving me? Hello, spacecraft. That's a waste of time. What are you doing? Covering her entire length with a telescope. Oh. Look at her on your repeater. There doesn't appear to be a main control room. Photonic drive is similar to the Challenger's. Far more advanced, I'd say. Yeah. Ah, oh, she's certainly smart. Hey, take a closer look at that heat dissipation fin. It's written in our language. Voyager 30, 23rd Earth Transgalactic Survey Mission. Well, we don't have to worry about searching for Earth anymore. The Earth has found us. In Return, Part 1 of Earth Search 2 by James Follett, Sean Arnold played Commander Telson, Amanda Murray Shana, Hayden Wood Dove, and Catherine Hurlbut Astra. Tidy was David Goodison and George Stephen Garlick. Technical presentation for the serial is by Lloyd Silverthorne. Earth Search 2 is directed by Glyn Dearman.
Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Quasar. Its five-year mission to seek out new life, new civilization. Occupy the Radio auf Bermudafunk 89,6 MHz für Mannheim und 105,4 MHz für Heidelberg, 107,45 MHz über Kabel oder auch im Livestream auf www.bermudafunk.org. Ja, schönen guten Abend. Herzlich willkommen zu Occupy the Radio. Ich bin der René, heute Abend solo. Ähm, und ich möchte gleich beginnen, das Thema des heutigen Abendes ist ähm, die äh, Fußballweltmeisterschaft. Und zwar unter kritischen Gesichtspunkten. Das Thema der heutigen Sendung eigentlich Copa Paraquem. Ich kann kein Portugiesisch, aber ich hoffe, dass ich das einigermaßen verständlich ausgesprochen habe. Weltmeisterschaft für wen? Ja. Ähm, man hat ja gehört, im Vorfeld der der Fußball-Weltmeisterschaft von Protesten in Brasilien. Oder vielleicht sollte ich anders beginnen. Es ist ja wieder Weltmeisterschaft und die Leute drängen sich wieder zum Public Viewing und ähm, alle sind wieder im Fußballfieber. Ich selbst muss mich da ähm, davon ausnehmen. Ich muss mich hier als Fußballhasser outen. Das, ja, <lacht> das ist, glaube ich, mein Problem. Ähm, aber für das für für die Fußball-WM, für Fußball, gilt, der, wie für viele Dinge, das sogenannte Würstchenprinzip. Ne, wer den Begriff kennt, also Würstchen, also jetzt bis auf die Vegetarier, ich meine, äh, ja, also wenn man etwas mag, dann sollte man nie hinterfragen oder nie näher herausfinden wollen, äh, wie äh, dieses etwas produziert wird oder zustande kommt, äh, sofern man es weiterhin genießen möchte. Und beim Fußball ist das ganz ähnlich. Beim Fußball ist es, ähm, wir haben hier die Fußballweltmeisterschaft wird, wird ähm, organisiert von, von der FIFA. Eine groteske Organisation, äh, wie man vielerorts vernehmen darf. Ähm, eine, eine, eine Organisation, die sich als Non-Profit bezeichnet. Ähm, allerdings naja, mit, mit einem ähm, Bankvermögen von über einer Milliarde. Ja, also wenn Radio Padapu komt naar jou toe met onze uitzendklacht. De sterke zender zorgt voor werkgelegenheid. Radio Padapu collecteert ook voor de kinderbestrijding. Geef gul. Uw geld komt heel goed terecht. Padapu doet het niet alleen, maar belooft het ook. Onze uitzendingen zijn tevens heilig verklaard. Vraag het de paus. Prins Alexander zag ik laatst met een ander. Ik zweer het u. En dan wenn, äh, wenn die, der, der Fonds für schlechte Zeiten äh, die Reservekasse äh, über eine Milliarde Dollar beträgt, dann äh, sollte man mal überprüfen, ob da nicht irgendwie Onkel Dagobert drin rumschwimmt. Ähm, ja. Fußball. In, in Brasilien gab es im Vorfeld von La Copa, also der Weltmeisterschaft, Proteste. Man hat festgestellt, dass die dass die, dass die Zustimmung von ursprünglich 80 Prozent im Jahre 2007 auf mittlerweile 50 Prozent gesunken ist. 
Ähm, ja, da sollte man mal hinterfragen, warum denn das der Fall ist. Ähm, Gründe dafür sind natürlich, dass hier, dass hier Gelder ausgegeben werden, dass ähm, die FIFA verlangt, dass man, dass man Stadien, FIFA-Standard-Stadien baut, ähm, dafür horrende Summen ausgibt und äh, dieses einem Land abverlangt, ähm, das ähm, schon Probleme damit hat, ähm, Wasserversorgung zu gewährleisten und so weiter. Also es gibt Zahlen darüber, dass das äh, wie viele Haushalte ohne ohne Abwasser und ohne Wasserversorgung in Brasilien sind. Äh, und das sind das betrifft nicht alleine die sogenannten Favelas, die Armenviertel. Ein anderer weiterer Kritikpunkt an an FIFA und dem dem äh, Fußballzirkus ist, äh, dass die äh, Fußballweltmeisterschaften 2022 in Katar stattfinden sollen. Also es gibt zwischen einem und 50 Gründen, warum das eine furchtbare Idee ist. Einer davon wäre beispielsweise, ähm, dass es dort 50 Grad Celsius hat und äh, dass es physikalisch, physisch unmöglich ist, dort eine Fußballweltmeisterschaft abzuhalten. Nichtsdestotrotz ähm, möchte, hat Katar vor, irgendwie Eine zweistellige, eine zweistellige Anzahl von Stadien zu bauen, obwohl Katar irgendwie von der Größe, keine Ahnung, die sind nicht, die sind nicht groß. Ich glaube so wie Rheinland-Pfalz Rheinland oder so irgendwie. Also ein winziges Land. Die wollen absurd viele Stadien bauen. Ähm, gut, die haben auch das Geld. Allerdings, was natürlich problematisch ist, ist, das sind die Arbeitsbedingungen dort. Es gibt, es gibt dort, also so heißt es zumindest bei, bei ähm, internationalen Arbeits- oder Gewerkschaftsorganisationen, heißt es, dass es dort einen modernen, eine moderne Sklaverei im 21. Jahrhundert gibt und dass dort Arbeiter sterben. Ähm, ja, da gefällt einem der, der Fußball oder da ja, gerät man natürlich als Fußballfan in, in Konflikte, schätze ich einfach mal. Ich glaube, das haben auch ähm, andere, andere Sendende hier schon zum Ausdruck gebracht, aber ähm, wir möchten das, ich möchte das an dieser Stelle hier auch nochmal tun. Okay, nun möchte ich ähm, vielleicht zunächst mal gleich den nächsten Song spielen. Äh, der erste Song war von Sepultura, einer brasilianischen Band. Das ist die, die, leider die einzige brasilianische Band, die ich kenne, deswegen ist mir ähm, da nichts anderes eingefallen. Und der Song hieß Propaganda. Ähm, als nächsten Song hören wir von Black Sabbath was. Und zwar von der, von der Zeit, in der ähm, Ronnie James Dio dort gesungen hat. Ähm, ja, der Song ist Master of Insanity und ähm, ich würde sagen, Band ab. Ihr hört Occupy the Radio auf Bermudafunk. 89,6 MHz für Mannheim und 105,4 MHz für Heidelberg, 107,45 MHz über Kabel oder auch im Livestream auf www.bermudafunk.org. Hallo, da bin ich wieder. Der René, heute Abend Solo. Ähm, Occupy the Radio, heute haben wir den 2. Juli, sollte heute nicht der 2. Juli sein, hört ihr uns im Wiederholungsfunk. So, ich habe es zu Eingang schon angekündigt, das Thema der heutigen Sendung. Ähm, WM-Weltmeisterschaft, für wen eigentlich? Copa Paracuem. Ich kann kein Portugiesisch weiß nicht, ob das richtig ausgesprochen wird. Ja, also, ähm, viele Gerüchte ranken sich darum, beziehungsweise viele, es gibt viele Vorurteile. Man fragt sich als erstes, warum, warum veranstalten denn, wenn, das, wenn, hier, wenn wir hier anhand von Brasilien sehen, dass da, dass da Widerstand gibt, dass hier protestiert wird, ähm, dass offenbar dort irgendwie in der FIFA Korruption herrscht. Ähm, warum, warum reißt sich jeder drum? Warum reißt sich jedes Land aufs Neue drum? Ähm, ich habe darauf ehrlich gesagt auch keine Antwort. Ich vermute nur, dass die meisten Regierungen, die meisten Ländern sich, sich gewisse Synergieeffekte erhoffen. Die äh, Regierungen werden sich was, äh, wahrscheinlich erho was 
das ist ein Aspekt, glaube ich. Das ist meine persönliche Meinung. Ein Aspekt wird sein, dass sich die Regierung natürlich gewisse Synergieeffekte erhoffen. Das heißt, dass dort Jobs kreiert werden, die dann hoffentlich bleiben, die dann hoffentlich bestehen bleiben, über die WM hinaus, dass dort, dass man danach berühmt ist als WM-Land, dass dort Touristen plötzlich Interesse an diesem, ihre Interesse an diesem Land entdecken. Und das ist natürlich fraglich, ob das passiert, ob das jemals passiert ist, ob das passiert, ob das der Fall ist. Andere Aspekte, ja, da ist, natürlich, ist man natürlich wieder in diesem Korruptionsthemenbereich drin. Ne? Und natürlich ähm, ähm, die Bauindustrie äh, einen großen Einfluss hat, wie das in Brasilien der Fall ist, ähm, großen Einfluss auf die Politik hat und, und die, die Bauindustrie sich natürlich Großprojekte, Großaufträge erhofft, ähm, wird da ja natürlich auch Druck ausgeübt. Ähm, so, es gibt so ein gewisses, ja, also die Frage ist natürlich, was, was ist jetzt eigentlich, warum, warum, ähm, man könnte davon ausgehen, dass, dass die Länder dann auch Geld verdienen. Die verdienen doch auch Geld. Da kommen doch Leute in die Stadien und also dort wird Geld ausgegeben, da wird Geld investiert. Teilweise horrende Summen für, für Stadionbauten, Infrastruktur und so weiter. Könnte man doch meinen, äh, dass das seine Berechtigung hat, dass dort auch wieder Geld in die Länder reinkommt. Aber wenn man sich mal die Zahlen anguckt, ähm, dann beginnt man das so ein bisschen in Sta äh, Frage zu stellen. Und zwar ähm, hat die... Hat die ähm, verlangt die FIFA von, von Brasil, Brasiliens Steuerzahlern zum Beispiel, ähm, Fördermittel, ähm, Subventionen in der Höhe von etwa äh, 11,5 Milliarden Dollar. Ähm, wenn, ähm, wenn die FIFA die, die Weltmeisterschaft veranstaltet, dann stecken die nochmal etwa 2 Milliarden Dollar ein. Und zwar sind das die Profite aus, aus Tickets, äh, Sponsoren und, 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 und Fernsehrechten und so weiter. Äh, und dann kommt das Ganze auf den, das, äh, naja, das, ähm, wie soll ich sagen, auf das Schweizer Bankkonto. Ähm, das sieht natürlich, äh, ja, da bleiben natürlich, ist natürlich fraglich, ob dann für Brasilien so viel übrig bleibt. Es gibt da ein Beispiel, ähm, wenn man jetzt als Beispiel die, die Veranstalter der letzten äh, WM sich anschaut, Südafrika, äh, das war 2010, ähm, naja, also die FIFA hat im, hat im Land zunächst mal ähm, ja, Profite versprochen. Ich werde gesagt, ja, das gibt, ein, gibt, gibt einen riesen Reibach. Ja, die ähm, Südafrika hat drei, etwa 3 Milliarden Dollar für, für Stadien ausgegeben und ähm, haben, Südafrika hat Umsätze in der Höhe von etwa, also geschätzt, äh, 330, Milliarden, nee, 330 Millionen Dollar gemacht. So, wohingegen allerdings FIFA äh, etwa 3,5 Milliarden Dollar an Profiten eingestrichen hat, ne? wiederum für, für die Fernsehrechte, Tickets, ähm, Sponsorengelder und so weiter. Da bleibt dann zu fragen, ob da die, die Länder, die diese WMs veranstalten, wirklich so einen Reibach machen. Also es ist tatsächlich so, dass die Kohle von der FIFA eingesackt wird. Und Dazu kommt, dass das FIFA natürlich Steuererleichterungen erhält. Also FIFA darf, muss, wird steuerbefreit sozusagen auf allen Ebenen. Bundes-, Landes-, Staats-, Städteebene. Und bei Brasilien ist es so, das weiß man jetzt schon, oder das ist, ja, das hat man schon sozusagen geschätzt, dass die FIFA etwa... Steuern in der Höhe von 242 Millionen Dollar vermeiden kann. Ja, die müssen die einfach nicht zahlen. Also ist dort hier tatsächlich die Frage, ähm, naja, wer, wer verdient denn da eigentlich das Geld? Verdient das Land wirklich das Geld? So. Ähm, 
die Länder bleiben teilweise übrig mit dem Schuldenberg, weil äh, unheimlich viele, viele Gelder ausgegeben würden für Instru Infrastruktur und, und, und ähm, Stadien. Brasilien hat zwölf neue Stadien gebaut. Brasilien hat äh, dem, dem Maracan Maracaná, weiß das so, ja, dem großen Stadion, äh, Stadion eben, äh, so, eine, so, eine, so, ein, so ein Facelifting verpasst, das etwa 500 Millionen Dollar gekostet hat. Äh, und das Skurrilste ist das Stadion in, in Minaus, Manaus. Das ist mitten im Regenwald. Da ist nichts. Außer Regenwald halt und der Amazonas. Und die, die Baumaterialien wurden von Portugal über den Atlantik dorthin befördert, per Schiff und dann über, über den, also quer durch den Amazonas, um das Zeug dann dorthin zu schaffen, um dann dieses, dieses, dieses Stadion in Manaus zu bauen. Ja, und äh, das Stadion in Benaus wird lediglich genutzt für vier äh, Weltmeisterschaftsspiele. Und es gibt keinen lokalen Club, der das dann danach bespielen darf. Also es wird die, die teuerste, das teuerste Vogelklo der Welt. Oder so. Keine Ahnung. Also es schwebt so der, die Idee im Raum, also wenn man die wenn man die Offiziellen fragt, no, was machen wir denn danach damit, dann schwebt sogar die Idee im Raum, wobei ja, die Quelle, das müssen wir, halt, müssen wir halt noch bestätigen, ob das so stimmt, äh, Quelle ist ein bisschen unsicher, es steht aber, die, also zufolge dieser Quelle ähm, steht die, die Idee im Raum, schwebt die Idee im Raum, dass man das Ganze 